Welcome Northeast Conference fans to the latest NEC Overtime podcast on the NEC Overtime pod. Today I'm joined by recent graduate assistant Tommy Corabonis to discuss his project, Shoe Athletes Unmasked, um, and his current career path, what he intends to do with this, and what he's learned throughout the project. So Tommy, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Morgan. I appreciate it. Of course. So you're a Sacred Heart student, well, former student, now graduate assistant. Um, what first brought you to Sacred Heart? You know, you majored in sports communication, so that seems really um, just in the direction you want to go, really on the nose, um, beginning in 2017 and graduating this past spring, 2021. So what initially attracted you to Sacred Heart? Well, um, I was a pretty good high school football player, and I was recruited to play at Sacred Heart. Um, I came in on, you know, a partial scholarship, like a lot of the athletes get, you know, pretty small stipends and stuff. Um, I was a sport management major for two years. And um, after those two years, I realized that I wanted to switch it up. And in terms of football, um, I was going through a lot of anxiety attacks and problems with my own mental health that I'm still dealing with. So I decided that I had to switch it up in both athletics and my career path. And I'm pretty happy that I did. Yeah, I mean, thank you for being vulnerable about your own mental health and the way it's impacted your current work, which we will get into. But I'm sure that's something that is not always easy and something athletes especially are told to just push through. Um, when you're an athlete, it's so much about what you can do physically and what you can do mentally around your sport specifically, but not regarding your own personal life or your own feelings. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. So let's get into your project, Shoe Athletes Unmasked, which is available on YouTube if uh, you wanna watch it. But I don't wanna to reveal too much about the actual video because we do want people to watch it. But this started as a class project. Can you just give us some background um, and what moved you in this direction? Yeah, so every uh, Say Your Heart student in the communications program has to do a senior project course. It's like a two semester thing, six credits. And um, everybody has the choice to do what they want. Some people do podcasts, some people do magazines, some people do videos. Um, and my teacher for that class, uh, Jim Kassengay, who's the Dean of the graduate program here, really great guy. And he was really supportive um, throughout the entire process. Um, when I came up with the idea, like he was thinking like, oh, maybe you could do it as a podcast. And um, I was just watching like some videos and movies and stuff. I realized like, I, I've always really been a big fan of film and, and just loved filmmaking and both fiction and nonfiction aspects. And I knew that making like a short documentary was something that I wanted to do. And I feel like I could pull the most emotion out of that as opposed to just a podcast. Yeah, that's great. And in the video, it's 17 minutes long. You interact with a bunch of different athletes and administrators. I'm curious what went into your selection process and how you knew these were the right people for the documentary because it did come out excellently and so seamless. I appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, most of the subjects that I interviewed, I knew already from, I mean, one of them was my teammate. We both came in to say your heart together on the football team. And, you know, Coach Cook, the coach, shout out Mike. He's, he's a great guy and, and really personable. And, you know, the other athletes that I've met, like in passing or through class, I just knew they were really nice people and personable. And, you know, when I reached out about it, they seemed like they were on board. And I'm just happy that they gave me honest and transparent answers. Yeah, they absolutely did. It was incredibly candid, which I think lends itself 
to the project, which focuses on mental health and also mental health as an athlete during COVID. Um, so if COVID hadn't happened, would you still have been interested in pursuing this project? Um, possibly, but I feel like, you know, when you think of like some of these like stories where it like overcomes adversity, I feel like COVID, obviously it's a horrible time and hopefully it's the most difficult time of a lot of our lives, but it was definitely a big obstacle that I feel like you could tell a good story out of. I mean, like athletes, they always know what to expect. Obviously the scoreboard isn't expected, but you know, they have that structure and that routine, you know, lifts, practices, meetings, class, games, et cetera. Um, so they always can feel comfortable in that routine. You know, COVID just threw everything off for them. And for a lot of athletes, you know, they had to question their own motivations um, amidst the uncertainty. And I feel like there was a lot of storytelling that I could get out of that. But, you know, that's a tough question of whether I would do the same project or something if COVID wasn't a thing. Yeah, and again, there's no right or wrong answer. That was just genuine curiosity. But also I feel, especially while I was watching your project with COVID, you have people talking about pre-existing mental health issues related to their sport, but also the impact COVID has had. And I almost feel like this year has made talking about mental health and sport a little less taboo because everyone is facing this giant crisis and something that is making essentially all athletes more anxious or more depressed than usual. Um, did you find that was a common theme among your interviewees? You know, I think everybody's situation is different. And, you know, some athletes struggled coming in freshman year. I know Isabel Cuddy was one of those examples of, you know, someone who struggled coming in and adjusting. I think everybody, you know, obviously being a Division One athlete is a stressful environment. So everybody can go through those emotions into varying degrees. But I feel like, and particularly with COVID, I think a lot of them had to reevaluate their own situations and just to kind of like, you know, think about, is this something that I really want to do? You know, was all this work, you know, leading up to being an upperclassman worth it for me? Um, I think everybody kind of faced different challenges. And, you know, maybe there's a silver lining that a lot of athletes, you know, like, can't speak on them, but, you know, talking to Kathy, the counselor that I interviewed, you know, a lot of athletes were able to find new opportunities to be able to go to counseling and work on their mental health because, you know, life is hard and there's anxieties and uncertainties throughout everybody's life. So I think that this was kind of a, a weird exercise, I guess, for them to kind of, you know, test that out before going into the real world. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good response to that question, uh, valuable insight. It's interesting because I even, you know, just briefly removed from college, I had COVID interrupted my spring, but I was able to play all four years of my sport. It was a fall sport. Um, and I hadn't really thought about the way the athletes, I, I thought, yeah, they're worried about being able to play or motivation. But I also learned through my work as a SAC advisor that a big concern, a uh, big like anxiety causer, if you will, for a lot of these athletes is the fear of being the one to catch COVID or some to be contact traced. Uh, it's something I never thought about. And I can't imagine that additional level of stress because at the end of the day, if one person is um, contact traced or is positive, that could be a detriment to the entire team, um, which is just something I hadn't thought about prior. So it, it is really interesting to see the different ways COVID has impacted the mental health of the athletes. Um, 
So I'm just gonna switch gears a little bit away from the project and just talk about you again. So you'll be an esports grad assistant at Sacred Heart. What do you intend to do with this? What are you pursuing? Um, initially, um, I tried to get the general like sports communications media arts program graduate assistantship. Um, I did not get that, but definitely the right person got the position, uh, Shan Sapinski, and she's gonna do a great job for us. Um, and my advisor as an undergrad, Andrew Miller, encouraged me to, um, you know, go after the esports graduate assistantship. And I took a class with him and the other um, kind of lead of that program, Josh Schuert, who I think is the dean of the sport management program, which was formerly my major and now my minor. And um, I took a class with them in the fall, and you know, I really liked it. It was kind of interesting because, like, I didn't really take gaming seriously. Um, but it's kind of cool to like think about esports as kind of like an intersection of a bunch of different industries. You have like business, uh, video production, sponsorship, fashion, like sports. I mean, like think about this new thing like FaZe Clan. Um, they signed like LeBron James son and Kyler Murray, who's an NFL quarterback. And they're kind of like trying to reshape what like a two sport athlete is again. And it's kind of interesting to see that trajectory. Um, what that could be in the future. And I think that esports has a lot of potential. And I think that um, I want to be able to bring, you know, some of my skills in terms of like score storytelling and organization to the program, because I feel like they always say that Sayer Heart is a great community. And I feel like this is an opportunity for me to kind of introduce people to a new facet of that community and also kind of, you know, get involved in an infant industry that I might have a I don't want to say easier time, but more of like that niche that once I'm done grad school, I could possibly work in esports to some uh, capacity. Yeah, no, that's great. And I will say you're you're a great advocate for the field. You made it sound interesting and it's not necessarily my my field of expertise. I did not know that about Kyler Murray. So that's great. Um, and do you with the storytelling aspect, do you intend to continue making documentaries or filmmaking in general? Um, yeah, like my my goal my dream job is to direct a 30 for 30. Mm. Um, not sure what that would be. Hopefully there's some cool stories in the next couple of years that I could hopefully create into like some last dance type thing, but that's just a pipe dream. Um, but I think that the documentary that I just did was definitely some good practice for that. Um, I kind of want to start working on like podcasting, see if I can do like short podcasts with some of the esports uh, gamers at our school and just to kind of introduce people to who they are and to find their niche and, you know, what's interesting about them outside of gaming that could, you know, help them find their lane um, as gamers. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I really, I'll listen to those once they come out. I can't wait to see what you produce because going back to the documentary, it was, it was so well planned out. You could see those 30 for 30 ESPN films influences in the way you kind of managed everything. And I'm curious, you know, you filmed this during COVID as you were going through COVID yourself and the athletes were. I would like to know like on a personal level, how did that impact your ability to tell this story? And also just on a technical level, do you have to follow the same sort of quarantining protocols that some of the teams did? Because you do have footage from some of the teams on the field. Um, I'm just curious what actually went into that. Um, I feel like it made it better, I guess. Like they always say that like, as like directors or writers or, or whatever you want to call it, like the best stories uh, for them are the most personal ones. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I, football was such a huge part of my identity for so long. And, um, but I also 
a part of that identity put a lot of pressure on myself. I wanted to, you know, be a starter at D1 level and prove that I could do it coming from a small town and all these other things. And, you know, that was really tough on me. And it, this, this project, just to kind of hear about it from other, other players' perspectives and their experiences with their own mental health. And um, it, it just kind of gave me some closure and to kind of appreciate the experience that I went through and, and to appreciate my peers because, you know, it's all right without COVID being a student athlete is a full-time job and it's a lot of dedication. I've always respected um, my friends that stuck with college football and with other sports and, you know, just to see them be resilient and persevere, you know, through this crazy time, it, it, it's a great story and just great perseverance. And I'm very proud of them for that. Yeah, no, it is a great story. And I can only imagine how many people this could help in their own journeys. Like you said, uh, you were talking to people with similar stories to you. People will watch this and hear stories similar to their own. And it could be a form of encouragement and just that last boost they may need, which is incredible. And your documentary really is spreading. I actually, I first saw it before we had scheduled our interview on LinkedIn. So I watched it from there um, about last, early last week, but so many people seem to be responding so well to it and just really appreciating the work you put in and clearly the time and effort and your ability to really get to know these athletes and encourage them to tell very candid, honest stories. Uh, so how has the response been just for you personally? Um, it's assuring, it, it feels great. I mean, the best part of it was like having one of the coaches, um, not that I interviewed, but like one of the you know, athletic coaches emailed me just saying like, oh, I really appreciate you making this. A huge concern for us was, you know, making sure our players' mental health was strong and that they're in a good spot so that they can, you know, play for something greater than themselves. And, um, you know, it, it feels good to be appreciated in the work that you do and, you know, to have those kinds of stories resonate. If I could be a small part to help bridge that conversation between athletics and and mental health and its importance, um, then I think it was a, a, a success. Yeah, that's great. Um, definitely, you, you can feel how much your heart is in it. And that's just, it, it's great and it shows. Uh, and during the process of filming, editing, whatever it may have been, is there anything like you specifically learned or that stood out about student athlete mental health? Well, I feel like it, it definitely, some of those stories reassured my own experiences in a way. I feel like I learned that, um, Definitely, when you think about COVID, a lot of teams had to work in pods where like they either divided into small groups or by positions. And, you know, that could be good for having them develop on their individual play. But that also, like, say in terms of like the softball team, for like the people that have to work in the outfield and they're in their small pod, but they also need that infield work. They're not going to be able to get that because of protocol, because, you know, if somebody tests positive, or whatever, like, it's just going to make a whole wrench in the whole situation. So I think, you know, despite there being some changes in efficiency, and, you know, things working well for safety for the long term, I think that a lot of athletes kind of had their chemistry kind of messed up from the get go of the season. Understood. I hadn't actually, that was another point I hadn't thought about until I watched your documentary is the pods. And if I think about it, um, you know, I was on a field team, you know, where you had offense and defense, I can't imagine trying to practice as just offense together and just defense together. Um, so yeah, you brought up a really great point in your documentary and right now. 
And just by way of wrap up, as someone that's been on really both sides of the camera, if you will, as a student athlete yourself, and now telling student athlete stories, what is the best advice you can give to student athletes that may be struggling with their mental health or their coaches and admins who want to help? Reach out to a friend, reach out to somebody you trust. Um, always, There's always older players that have gone through similar circumstances. I know despite quitting when I was younger, there were or sorry, when I was an underclassman, that there was older players that I could talk to and be open with. And, you know, that helped me work hard and kind of buy into it when I was dealing with my own personal things. And I was, for a time, I was able to step outside of myself and realize like, oh, like these people care about me genuinely and they think that I have potential and they want that to see it through. So definitely, you know, don't suffer alone. Everybody goes through similar experiences in some capacity and so definitely reach out to them, but also, you know, show gratitude to yourself. You know, don't be too hard on yourself. I think that, you know, definitely for our generation, there's a lot of instant gratification and, you know, it takes a certain mental toughness to kind of work hard every day, like 6 a.m. through the rest of the day without seeing results for months or years at a time. So just kind of, if I could tell my younger self or younger athletes, just to kind of, you know, take everything a day at a time, find the positives. Like if you make it through a workout or if you don't, at least you try it and that you're getting better every day, whether that's in, you know, your sport or in the classroom, just do your best every day, whatever that looks like. Yeah, no, that, that is incredible advice. And I'll throw out my own anecdote for our listeners. Um, I remember back when I was a freshman in college, I, you know, away from home, really for the first time away from my family, wasn't playing very well during preseason. We were the only ones on campus. I was just like, I was so upset and I felt so alone. And then sophomore year, you know, once things had settled down and I was friends with my classmates and the rest of my team, I'd be like, yeah, like, I'm going to be honest after every day of preseason, I'd like cry between sessions or on the field. And my friends were like, oh yeah, no, we did that too too and we were all struggling just separately we, we didn't know it we were all going through the exact same thing so when you're in it, it's so easy to feel like you're the only one or the only one that can't handle quote unquote the stress or the pressure of being an athlete but th you're never alone so it, really great advice just to reach out to your teammates your friends there's always someone who understands what you're going through and that's incredible um, but thank you so much, Tommy, for being here. To our listeners, please do check out uh, Tommy's documentary, Shoe Athletes Unmasked. You can find it on YouTube. It's really great. It takes just 17 minutes of your day, and it's super educational. Uh, great resource for coaches, athletes, and admins. But thank you again, Tommy, for being on. We really do appreciate it. Morgan, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. Of course. That was Tommy Corabonas, and this has been NEC Now.